All right, so we are here with Dominique Daphne, a former tight end for the Packers. It's his third time coming on the show. He's an official friend of the show. Dom, how are you? Doing good. You know, just like I said, enjoying off season and relaxing and uh, just taking care of myself. That's nice, man. Um, so you were cut in August by the Packers. And I have to say, you know, we're, maybe Braun and I are a little impartial here, but I have to say we were in Green Bay for training camp in August. And we would not shut up about you on these podcasts because it seemed like every time you were targeted at these camp at these camp practices, you were making plays. You were catching the ball. We, I remember one play where you were on like a crosser where you caught the ball and you scored a touchdown and you ran through tackles. And we kept talking about you on these shows. And I am not even kidding when I say that when I saw the notification that the Packers had released Dominique Daphne, it was probably the most shocked I've been this year other than Devontae Adams being traded. I'm not even kidding about that. So what do you think from the Packers perspective or from your perspective, even what do you think went into that decision to move on from you? Part of it just being somewhat of a crowded tight end room with already having big dog. Uh, Rob was coming back. They liked what they saw on TD. And obviously you got Joe being the fullback. It essentially came down to at least what it felt like was kind of being that odd man out. And then when all that stuff just went down, it kind of at least felt like that. I feel like that of course, you have a third-round guy who's playing well. Uh, Rob coming off ACO, you know, high hopes, and big dog obviously is big dog. So it was. I felt like that kind of was the big thing, just just being a crowded room. Did they mention at all the idea of trying to get you a chance to start fresh somewhere else and maybe get on a team like before the season started? Was that ever expressed to you? Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of what I was. Hearing a lot of with when it came to the coaches and my agent and everything, just trying to because before that happened, I had like tweaked my knee a little bit. So there was like, that's why I didn't play in the uh, San Fran game. That kind of led to essentially me being cut. And then after that, they're like, yeah, we just want you to take care of yourself. And, you know, your football career is far from over and you never know what will happen down the road with us or with any team so kind of just took it as you know just you know get back to being 100 and see what happens when the time comes so who spoke to you when you were released what what was that conversation like and and what was said i spoke to goody and matt and uh coach masaccia as well as obviously coach dunn just kind of talked to everybody who i got a lot of facetime with throughout the day and just heard from them and their thoughts on it and just you know of course encouragement like not to keep not to get my head down and just to keep fighting and keep going obviously because I mean only year three there's a lot left in the tank so they're just like just a lot of words of encouragement and stuff like that this side of the sport is kind of something that fans really don't know a whole lot about you know like they get the notification that this player's been cut or this player's been traded but I feel like fans really don't know what goes into that process. So the insight from you is uh, it's definitely interesting. Brian Gutekunst, he's Packers general manager, obviously. You said he's he spoke to you when you were released. Brian is another guy. You know, fans really, we don't know much about Brian. All we can judge about him is the moves he makes, the players he brings in, the players he moves on from, and we get to watch his press conferences four or five times a year, if that. What is he like with the players? How how connected is he with the locker room? You were a guy, you were brought in from the Colts. Um, you were on the practice squad. How connect, how much FaceTime did you get with Brian Gutekunst? Not 
Not that much. I mean, obviously he's got a lot on his plate with bringing in guys as well as, you know, looking over the team, making sure we're the best we can be. So, I mean, every once in a while, like, may say hi in passing, like in the uh, in the hallways and stuff or on the way to meetings or in the morning getting breakfast and stuff like that. But as far as getting to know, know each other, like, every day, like, it wasn't like that because obviously he was more upstairs and we're – practice and working out and stuff so there wasn't too much time but there I, I know when I first got there he was trying to get to know me like asking me a lot of questions about like where I came from the journey everything but I mean you can only there's only so much communication that goes from upstairs to downstairs when it when it comes to player to uh, personnel people that's interesting did it when you were brought in in 2020, did it feel like you had a biggest fan in the building? Like, did it feel like there was, whether it be LaFleur or whoever the special teams coordinator was at the time, did it feel like there was someone who really wanted to bring you in? Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it's hard because it was like I was there as kind of just an insurance policy, like just in case, because obviously Joe went down for the year, but they still had uh, Lovett, who was doing his thing and doing well. So I was... More so, more more so, just like an insurance policy in case anything happened. But obviously, once I started, you know, gaining traction and making plays, I felt like everyone was like, "Dude, like if you keep working, like you're gonna, you're gonna be on this team and you're gonna be able to play on Sunday." And you just all you got to do is just keep doing what you're doing every day. So after a while, like, because like you said, it's a like it's there's when it comes to being signed to be on the practice squad, like you could literally be there on sunday and be gone on tuesday like you really never know like it's that it's that kind of quick of a turnaround so at first when i came in i remember jay always jokes he was like i literally had no idea you were coming on the team and you were just there at practice one day <laughs> and then you're just with me two years later i'm like yeah i mean that's kind of literally how it went is one day i was at home and the next day i was practicing so it was kind of like it's just kind of that quick turnaround and then like i said just continuing to work continue to make plays and prove myself uh every day i kind of gained fans after that but it's hard to know that coming straight in of course being off the street and no pro day and like all the you know all the you know the story i mean all that stuff so it was a it was definitely a little a little weird starting out. Yeah, man, we're never gonna forget that that touchdown you had in Chicago, week seventeen, twenty twenty, man. Never gonna forget that one. No, yeah, that was definitely won't well, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that that really was we, we loved that when you did that and to be able to interview you after that was awesome too. Um, but to back to Brian a little bit, and like you mentioned, how guys can come in and, and get cut within a matter of days, especially on the practice squad and things like that. So how connected was the team at the time when you were there? with different rumors about possible player acquisitions, whether it was free agents or trades, was there a time where you were in the building and you were hearing rumors kind of like from the interior, the inside of the building that maybe you weren't just hearing on ESPN or reading on Twitter? What was that What was that like throughout your time there? I mean, obviously you hear stuff when you're in the locker room and, you know, obviously social media is such a big part of the world right now. So, you, I mean, you hear stuff all the time, but it was just constantly, you know, put into our mind to just focus on who's in the building and what the people in the building were saying. So I wasn't, I mean, I obviously you hear everything and people are asking you, oh, are you going to be, are they bringing in this person? Is this person going to be your teammate? Like, what are you hearing? And as far as me, I wasn't too focused on it. Cause I mean, it really didn't have any sort of importance to me. Like, I'm just like, 
I'm coming in <laughs> trying to do my job. I'm not really too worried about who's coming or who's going. As long as I'm here, I really don't. I really don't care. Well, I'll ask a more direct version of what Bron just asked you. When Devontae Adams was traded in March, had you heard any underlying, you know, rumors of that being a possibility? I mean, there was some talk about it. Uh, it's kind of hard to hear all the stuff when it's like off season because everyone just goes their separate ways. But obviously, being with Rob over the summer and uh, training and stuff, you definitely hear about it. And I remember I was back home um, in Des Moines. And I saw like the notification and there was like a picture of him in the Raiders uniform. And I literally looked at my friends and I was like, what just happened? But I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I kind of like you hear about it, but you just never know until it actually happens. Cause he could have chose to stay. He could have, he obviously chose to leave. And it was just like, it's all rumors until something actually gets put on paper. So I heard about it and just, but again, still shocked when I saw all the all the notifications and everything. So how did the team react to losing a player like that, a Hall of Fame caliber player, when you're obviously you're on the team at the time and and you have your teammates that you speak to and, and things like that. So what was what was that like? The the team reaction to losing a guy like that that you know helps you win and, and has helped you win for so long. What is what is the the messages that you guys are are kind of sending to each other at that point. I know we all messaged each other and we were, of course, shocked to see. But at the same time, we were like, just kind of like looking around to see like who's going to step up and be that guy, you know. And then, of course, looking to see like who's going to be our new teammates and who's coming in and how's the team going to look next year. Like all that kind of comes into play and all that kind of is what you're thinking about is like who's going to be the guy to step up, who's going to be the guys uh, multiple to come and try to bring the team together because obviously that's a huge piece that just left so it's not going to be just one person who's going to be able to just simply put in his position and just have the same identical stats that he had before so during camp and during OTAs you know it was kind of like looking around seeing who's going to be that leader who is going to be the person to keep the team as glued as we were before because obviously that's a big voice that's a big captain that left so just a lot of a lot of communication and a lot of just just a lot of testing honestly we were just testing people's will and getting your like your mind tested because it's going to be it's going to be different you're going to it's going to feel different it's going to look different during camp so it's something you got to look you got to get used to as well as just realize that people are going to have to take bigger responsibilities so we're kind of weeding through the grass seeing who's going to be that be those people for us. So what was that internal message from Aaron to guys like you and other guys that were going to be in the mix catching passes, especially like whether it was immediately after the Devante trade or, or when you guys first talked to him again, what was the message like when you guys kind of addressed the lack of, of Devante being there? And, and so what was that, what was expressed to you guys about what you needed to do to step up and how you were going to fill that void? Uh, it wasn't so much like a direct meeting about it, but I know in our room, we were like, obviously, like we, it was a common message of obviously there's a big piece that's gone. So we're going to be, need to be a room that 12 can like fall back on and rely on throughout camp, throughout OTAs and everything throughout the season. Like that was kind of our message in the room. It's just, yeah, obviously that's a big, that's a big person who left, but we're going to need to, we're going to need to keep going. You know, there's nothing's going to stop them still going to play football. So that was just our thing in the room. We didn't, yeah, we didn't really speak about it as like a full team or offense or anything. It was just 
in our in our tight end room, we were talking about how we need to make sure we're on our stuff. So even though, you know, one of his good best friends and one of the best, obviously the best receiver in the league leaves, he still has people he can rely on and look to. And hopefully that's the tight end room. So this was a year where, you know, obviously you lose Devontae Adams. The Packers are going to be relying so much on young talent, young pass catchers, especially. And throughout the season, you know, the Packers were not very good this year. And throughout the season, a lot was talked about how Aaron Rodgers gets along with rookies, he gets along with young players. You know, he's is he hard to work with this and that. From your perspective, what was it like being brought in and being a young player with Aaron Rodgers? It was definitely like shocking is the best way I could put it, because obviously you get to practice. I'm getting to practice the first day and you're seeing this man throw passes like in real life. So you kind of have to get past that first like shock wave of like, okay, well, that's Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. And then kind of, you know, zone in and be like, okay, this is my teammate, someone who's going to need me to rely on and need me to like, if he's going to trust me to be out there, he needs to be able to trust that I'm going to know what I'm doing. So obviously there was, there was a lot coming in and a lot to learn. And obviously he's a genius some might say when it comes to this type of stuff and he has like his own playbook and signals and stuff. So there was a lot to learn, but like the people who stick around or the people who, you know, hone in on it and really like take it as a challenge to learn everything that he knows and to, to come out there and be prepared because he's probably one of the most prepared people when it comes to Sundays. It's funny that you mentioned the hand signals because in the Packers world this season, there was an article that comes out about, Aaron Rodgers having this, you know, his own playbook. He's got this secret playbook with all these complicated hand signals. It, I don't know. If I'm, I, I imagine you haven't read this article. I don't know if you've even heard about this, but how real is Aaron Rodgers with the hand signals? Is that a real thing that he has? You know, is it how much of a challenge is it for receivers to learn all these hand signals? Is he quizzing you on these hand signals? How real is it? I mean, yeah, he, every uh, Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday before our walkthrough. We would go over like all the plays and stuff for the week and uh, watch watching like the cut ups. And then once we're done with that, like he kind of takes over the meetings and takes us through uh, just a plethora of hand signals that he knows. And we're all expected to know it. And I mean, there was, yeah, there was a lot of them, but it's like we I know I know us. We, we definitely like met with like some of the young guys and like we would meet like out on the field after practice going over some of the hand signals because yeah, there was a lot and there was a lot to, to remember, but that's just kind of one thing that's good about him. is just like, you're able to do anything on that field. It's so unpredictable, which yeah, I guess as a young guy, it could be kind of stressful having to learn all that and be expected to know all that. But I mean, if you're one, if you want to do it, you're able to do it. It wasn't too hard. I know I'd watch some games on Sunday and I've seen his hand signals and I still remember pretty much all of them. And, the like the one word plays and I'm hearing them. I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen because I could, as much as I studied them and how many there were, because I wanted to kind of impress them that I knew all the hand signals. Like I still remember them until this day. Yeah. I mean, that that's so, that's so interesting to, to hear that because so many people have talked about that all season and, and what it's like to be a receiver with Aaron, having to learn these weekly hand signals and, and how difficult we even saw sometimes the receivers, the young guys, the rookies would struggle with that. Um, and, and speaking of young guys to transition a little bit, uh, we know and understand that you're good friends with Jordan and Jordan love. And yeah. so when did you guys meet? Obviously you guys played together and you were in a lot of similar situations at practice. 
So how did you guys become close and, and what is that relationship like with you guys? That's my guy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I literally just talked to him the other day. But uh, again, coming in and kind of trying to get to know everybody and running the scout team, he was running the scout team when I was there my first year, kind of gaining a little bit of, you know, connection and friendship off that of, you know, making plays during scout team, you know, just getting on the same timing as well as like running routes for him after practice whenever he needs either someone to spot catch or there's a route or two that I kind of wanted to work on or something. And just like, obviously you spend so much time with these guys, like you're going to get to know them. And then obviously over the summer, you know, going to weddings, like we were at AJ Dillon's wedding this past summer, we went to um, a Bucks game, like just, you know, just getting to know guys outside of the facility definitely helped. And he's one of those, he's one of the probably like five, six people I got in a group chat that we text on a, on a regular. And I would tap in during the season and tell him like, Hey, I'm proud of y'all. You know, I'm definitely watching still supporting y'all no matter what, because I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're your brothers that you spend literally like 15 hours a day with almost, it feels like. So now he's, he's, he's a good dude. And I'm excited to see him again in a, uh, in a couple in a month or two. So no, he's a, he's a good guy. Jordan was a quarterback coming out of Utah state. You know, he was one of these quarterbacks that's toolsy, but most people agreed it would probably take some time before he could become a really good starter. Um, what have you seen from him in his development that makes you think he he's able to start in the NFL? What's the biggest trait that you have seen the most improvement from, from Jordan love as the quarterback? Obviously during this, like, this past summer of OTAs and minicamp and everything, there was just kind of a certain like swagger and demand that he had that he might not have the year before or the year before that kind of, it's just like he was comfortable and he was calling the plays and doing his own signals. And he, you could just, it just felt different. You know what I mean? And I remember there was a couple practices where he was like going crazy and you could tell we're like, okay, like we, like he might be like, we might be all right <laughs> regardless and he was just like he was throwing dots and it was just like okay well you could just you could just tell the difference and he was the way he was commanding the huddle the way he was like in meetings it just felt different and he felt a little i don't want to say grown up but like it felt like it was his huddle you know it just it was a, a swagger a confidence that he was having when he was throwing the ball calling the plays and when he was showing that like we were literally like okay like he's, we, we get it now. That's great to hear in terms of his development and, and what Packers fans want to see because he's a guy that a lot of people have hoped that he could be the future for us and, and want to see play. But the Packers, whether it's Brian or Matt, have made it clear that they want Aaron Rodgers back. And Aaron has a lot of incentive to return with for monetary reasons as well as just the way this season ended. So if Aaron does come back, like a lot of people expect, have you has Jordan ever talked about the possibility of of maybe going to a different team to to start elsewhere if Aaron does continue to play? How how content do you think he is being a, a backup for the fourth year when he has a lot of growth that he wants to do, and a lot of that starts by getting on the field and and showing what he can do from a starter level. I mean that's obviously hard for anybody, especially in his position, being a first round pick, and you know you got a lot of high hopes coming in and. Like you said, like not only do the coaches and the fans like we're kind of putting him in the position to be that next guy. So obviously it's hard to just, you know, sit back and wait for anybody, uh, especially a person like him where I know he's so competitive and he wants to play 
so bad and wants to be out there. And I mean, I, I asked him that question. It's just like, bro, how, like, how are you? He's like, obviously he's just like, I want to play. Obviously like you got a four time MVP in front of you. That's obviously they're going to want that person back. Like he still shows obviously 12 still plays at a high level. So it's hard to just be like, to just throw that away. And it's just kind of a weird situation for him, but I just know he wants to play ball, which obviously anyone in his position would, but yeah, I just, I really do as a teammate, as a friend, I just, I really do want to see him get that opportunity to play wherever it be and show what he can do. Cause I know like he's more than capable, more has more than enough talent to be playing, to be starting. He's just kind of, <laughs> he's just in a uh, unfortunate situation where you're behind a four-time MVP, who, you know, who's uh, going to be wearing a gold jacket one day. And so, I mean, that is so tough for him, right? Because like you said, first round picks, especially in this day and age, they play right away or they play maybe after a few games during their first season, but this would be his fourth year sitting. So, and reports were coming out in the middle of the season that if Aaron Rodgers does come back, which he's alluded to throughout the year and he's right now he says he's uncertain but griff and i both agree that he's likely coming back and just based on you know the sense that we get um so i know you can't really speak for him but do you think he would be open to to playing elsewhere this year to get that chance to start as opposed to sitting for another season i mean yeah like you said i can't really speak for him but i mean if he chose to do that i think i'd understand as to why and i think we'd all understand why like he wants to prove himself that he can play like that. He wasn't picked in the first round for no reason. You know what I mean? Like he wants to compete at the highest level and he wants to show what he's capable of. So, I mean, I will, I mean, I'd, I'd understand either of his choices, like whether he wanted to stay and still kind of see where it goes and ride it out. But I also understand if he wanted to, you know, test the waters and see where else he can go. And in order to try to start at least get more games, consecutive games under his belt to show, you know, the show to league what he's capable of because it's hard to just come in and play here and start here and there and, you know, kind of create, you know, worth with yourself when you're just put in every once in a while. So it's, I mean, it's hard. It's a, it's a risky decision to do either one. And, but at the same time, I, I, I'd understand his decision either way. It's tough for both parties here. It's tough for the Packers too, because this is a guy that they traded up for in 2020. You know, clearly Brian Gutekunst saw a lot in him. Matt LaFleur has said nothing but great things about Jordan, right? So Matt LaFleur, I want to ask about here. He is, you know, Brown and I always joke about how he famously says nothing at his press conferences. He, uh, he just, like most NFL coaches are, he really does not give you a lot of information so similar to what we said about Goody, Matt LaFleur too, we really, the fans really don't know a whole lot about his coaching style or what he's like in the locker room. So what kind of insight can you give on that? What is Matt like as a coach and how good of a leader is he in the locker room? No, he's a good, he's a good dude for sure. Um, definitely someone you could just talk to about like anything, ball, life, like whatever. Like I feel like that was one thing I was actually happy about this offseason was when I actually felt like I got to talk to him and see him a little bit more outside the facility or outside of practice at least and you know get to know him a little bit more personally which was nice to because obviously like football is football and being a football coach can obviously be tough you got a lot going on and you got to kind of like not guard yourself but you kind of have to put up a, a wall maybe a little bit but to see him as like Matt LaFleur and kind of see him just be personable and have fun with guys. Like when we went like um, 
paintballing and bowling and stuff like that and just seeing him outside of the facility and getting to talk to him, getting to know him as a person was actually really nice to uh, to see because obviously, you, again, you spend so much time in the same building and in the same practice with these people. Like, obviously, you're going to want to get to know them outside of football and, you know, what they like, what they like to do and who they are. And it's honestly, it's better to play for someone. You could play harder for someone like you actually like and you actually respect and someone you actually know pretty well. All right, Dom, before we get out of here, we do want to know what is what's next for you? Because if I'm not mistaken, which I very well could be, but you are currently a free agent, right? Yes. So what's next for you? Are you trying to play in the NFL again? Are you looking at any spring leagues? Do you have teams who may be interested? Yeah, I have uh, a couple teams who've contacted me about futures contracts that I'm going to figure out here in the next week or so. Obviously, teams are still playing, so it's kind of hard to um, you know just decide right now with uh, not ending up with a team like at the end of the season. So I know in a, uh, in a couple of days I'll figure out what I want to do and where I want to go. But yeah, I got a couple. I got a couple places who've. Uh, offered future contracts. I just got to make a decision on which one I want to do. But oh yeah, I'd, I want to, I want to play ball, you know? So that's, there's, there's no other option for me right now. And I know I'm able to, I know I have the ability to, it's just kind of just being in that right position and just getting the opportunity to. Yeah. We know you still can. I mean, we, we saw you in camp when we were there for the course of a week about, and, and we watched you and, and it's not just because you're a friend of the show. I mean, we, we were putting you on our standouts list because you were just doing things. I, th- I thought in the passing game in particular, we just, we saw things that whether we did, just didn't get to see them prior or whatever the case is, you were doing things that we hadn't seen you do. So we know that you can play. I do want to ask you though, what goes into the decision for you? Like but right now, is it about where you want to live? Is it about opportunity to possibly play? What are some of the things that are going to go into this decision? And also one quick little question is, and the answer is probably no, I understand that, but is Green Bay on the table at all? Because I know they did offer contracts to players already, but they, and you mentioned that there's a possibility you could come back someday and so I would love to see you back in Green Bay, obviously, on the 90-man at least. Um, but what, what, what are some of the teams uh, or what are, what, are, what are you looking for in some of these teams that are, are going to be in the mix for you? Yeah, just like you said, just where they are as well as just, yeah, how they, like, how they even envision on using me as far as like fullback or tight end or whatever when it comes to that type of stuff, you know, because like you said, I feel like this, this uh, camp I was showing a lot more of versatility of things that I've been telling and been harping that I able to do. So I was actually getting an opportunity to do that. And I felt like I was coming out on top uh, most of the time. So just kind of weighing my options and see, seeing the pros and cons, you know, living, living wise and uh, team wise, as well as just the way they want to see they, the way they see me on their team. Obviously it's going to, going to be a big thing. Cause obviously, yeah, I do want to come in and play. So a lot of those things will definitely go into my consideration here in the next uh, week, week and a half. And then green Bay, huh? Um, maybe, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's not up to me, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I feel like it would, I don't know. I feel like in all honesty, it'd be kind of tough to go back there at least for not like that. I couldn't do it, but it's just like, I don't know. That's, that's a great question. That's, again, that's not up. That's not up to me. That's above my pay grade. I have no idea. I uh, I don't I don't really care where I play football. I just love to. That's I just love to play. Well, I do I do want to know you know because early on in your your time at Green Bay, both years I'd say you were more of the H back type of tight end, right? You were more of a 
getting dirty in the run game, fullback type. What is the kind of, if you had to compare your dream version of yourself as a player, which tight end would you say you want to model your game after? Do you want to be Travis Kelsey or do you want to be more like Gronk? Like who's a tight end that you really want to be in the NFL? Uh, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. That's a great choice. Because yeah. I mean, he great blocker, physical, but obviously still capable, runs really good routes, gets the ball in space, able to do something with it. And I feel like my game really just resonates with that really well. So, and I think we're about the same height, weight, honestly. So I feel like that's, yeah, definitely Shannon Sharp is something I could, someone I could uh, see my game like being a mirror. That's awesome, man. I, I mean, like we said, we're always going to be rooting for you. You know, I would say, Braun, you can agree with me here. Our, our three most surprising moves by the Packers this season was trading Devontae Adams, cutting Bill Turner, and cutting Dominique Daphne. It made no sense to us at the time. After the season, they go eight and nine. Still makes no sense. And this is now the third time <laughs> they he's come on the show. They certainly could have used him. They certainly could have <laughs> used I'm, Dominique. I'm seriously. I don't know if you watched many Packers games this season, man, but they definitely could have used you out there. Uh, I watched I watched a couple, um, obviously, because I know 80 80- plus percent of the team. So I'm like, obviously I'm going to support my guys. And yeah, I, right. it's funny. I'd always get tweeted at like, Dom, dude, come back or this, that, and a third or like, we, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny, but nah, yeah, <laughs> I would have loved to be there. Nah, I love, I, yeah. it's just, it is what it is. It's this league. It's insane. Well, man, if we, if we were the GMs, if we had control, you'd be, you'd have an open invite to come back to this team. <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on the show once again, Dom. And we are always going to be rooting for you. And we're going to be rooting for you wherever you go next in the NFL. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dom. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) 